Welcome to the Inner Game Academy podcast, the show where we help you overcome your fears, boost your confidence and give you the best chance of becoming a professional footballer. If you're a young footballer looking to take your game to the next level, this podcast is for you. Whether you're struggling with nerves before games, finding it hard to recover from setbacks or just looking for ways to take your game to the next level, Luke and Rob have you covered. So join us each week and let's help you become the confident, fearless footballer you were born to be. In today's episode, we have sports psychologist Kival Patel. We talk about how to overcome nerves and how to overcome fear in football. You will love it. Listen up, we've got some massively exciting news. Our brand new six-week Pro Accelerator program is starting very soon. If you want to improve your confidence, overcome nerves, have the best chance of becoming a pro, this program is not to be missed. You'll have six weeks to improve your game on and off the pitch with guaranteed results. During the program, you'll be coached live by me and Luke, mentored by current pros, and you'll have exclusive access to our brand new journal and workbook, which you'll be doing sessions on. How to get over negative thoughts, how to get into the zone and stay there, how to gain, protect, and to keep your confidence. Limited spaces are available. Apply now at www.innergameprocourse.com. That's www.innergameprocourse.com. Hello and welcome to the Inner Game Academy podcast. I'm Rob Blackburn. I'm Luke O'Dan. And today we have a special guest. We've got a very good friend of mine, KP, also known as Keeval Patel, who is a top sports psychologist. In my opinion, I love him. He's relatable. He's very good. KP, how are you, mate? I'm very good. Thanks for having me on, guys. Always a pleasure. You're about to do an academy call for us and present a masterclass. How are you feeling? Not going to lie, a little bit nervous. Oh, yeah. I want... yeah, 100%, of course. New audience. We won't judge you. Yeah, I know you won't. I'll be judging <laughs> myself, though. <laughs> right, Luke, what questions have we got, KP? We've got 20 minutes to get inside his head. Short, sweet podcast. What are we saying? Well, you, I, I'm excited because uh, KP, straight after this mini pod, we're deliver. He's delivering a call to our academy kids, and he's delivering. It's normally a Q and A, but you're actually delivering a masterclass. No, you're you're taking it. Yeah, I'm going to be talking about some of the stuff that I learned from my career, and well, my very short academy career. Mm. Uh, I just think there's so many things that players kind of live through on their academy journey, and I think they kind of pop up at different moments. I think the best thing that you can give academy players when they're in the system is kind of skills that they can use on the pitch. So it's one thing that I never had access to as a as a player in the system. So hopefully I can give give something back in the uh, in the masterclass. Can you can you give us a little insight for the for the people that don't have access uh, uh, to to the calls? Can you give a little insight into what sort of things you'll be offering? A little little teaser so they kind of get more interest. I'm terrible at giving teasers because it makes me <laughs> just want to talk about the whole thing, mate. But mm. uh, no, so one one thing that we're going to be talking about is is about fear and anxiety. So when negative thoughts pop into your head, how do you deal with them? And there's a number of techniques that you can use from kind of sports psychology or mindset training. Um, but I'll give one in terms of how you go about accepting the thoughts that you have. So rather than trying to fight them, can you rather accept them? And then that allows you to cope with them better. So I'm going to touch on that. I've got some great video clips from from my podcast, from um, Rob's podcast, and some of the stuff that we've done in the past, and hopefully try and create a, a really immersive experience for the guys that are going to be on the call later today. Nice. All right, let's put you right on the spot. Feel free to say no. Okay, I've got a game, and can you coach me through it? I'm going to a place where 
in my head, I'm building a story that every time I go to this one ground, I've never won. I've never had a good game. Um, what would you, how would you help me through this? What ground is it, Luke? Uh, Rotherham, we just lost there again. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's about expectations, isn't it? So you've built up the relationship between going to that ground and failing. Yeah. But I would argue to to argue with to argue with your narrative there, right? So what's to say the next time you go and play there, you might not get you might get a better result. So if you're trying to predict the future, every single time you go there, you're going to end up fulfilling that prophecy. So it's about approaching the game with with an openness and acceptance that you might lose the game, but also there's the opportunity to win. There's the opportunity to perform well. And I think players, everyone's got a bogey ground. Mine was always when we played at home to Barnet when I was an academy player, when I was at Stevenage and we played at home to Barnet. I always used to have a terrible game. And it wasn't until I accepted the fact that I might have a bad game or make mistakes in that particular game that I actually played better than I did the previous season. So I think one, it's going in with a flexibility and an openness that things can go well or can go badly. And two, focus on the opportunities. You can still, you know, focus on your body language, focus on your communication, do all the great things that you normally do in the game. And if everyone on the on the in the group does those things, it's more than likely going to contribute to a, a more favorable outcome. To some there would say, right, just for the for the podcast of people listening, some would say that's negative, mm. accepting that you might have a bad game. But actually it's positive, isn't it? Why is that? To do with catastrophe, like you you think about it, right? You build up in your head that you're going to have the perfect game. You're never going to make a mistake and you're going to go through a match, 100% pass completion, never going to do anything which threatens the, the success of the team. It's just unrealistic. You're setting yourself an unrealistic goal. So when you go into a game and you give the ball away or you position yourself wrong or you're in the wrong place, you're then going to get really negative and down on yourself. And it's almost going to be like you've experienced a catastrophe. Whereas if you prepare yourself in advance that things might go wrong in the game, when they actually do go wrong, you're far better equipped to deal with it. So it's kind of like fitting a spare tire with your car. You kind of, you can get a flat at any time. If you don't have the flat, then you start. But if you're prepared and you've got the tools in the back of the boot, then you can carry on going. A hundred percent. hundred percent. If you carry a spare tire around with you, knowing that things might go wrong, it's a lot easier to get the tire changed. But if you don't carry the spare tire at all and you just assume that you're going to go on your journey without any problems when you, you get stuck you're in trouble right okay so what sort of things that's did how you, i look at it yeah what sort of things did you uh feel were lacking in your your journey in the academy which you wish was there now that could have changed your journey well, for starters, I wish I had a sports psychologist or someone that did mindset coaching or something of that nature. Uh, just because when you're in academy football and you go full time at 16, you you go through a lot of changes in your mindset. So you're not obviously part time anymore. So you don't get that break away from the game anymore. You're in every single day and it's quite testing. So you experience a lot of different things, you know, dressing room fights, uh, management being negative towards you. Also, dealing with the highs as well as the lows and trying to keep a trying to keep in that middle ground. And I didn't really have anyone that I could talk to about that stuff. And there would be things that happen in games where I'd lack confidence or situations that I wasn't particularly comfortable dealing with. Like I'm a goalkeeper, so I'm not particularly tall. I'm only just under six foot, but if there's, if there's any women listening, I'm definitely over six foot. You're definitely, um, you're, and, and <laughs> six foot, you're five foot eight. 
<laughs> but five eleven and a half. We all say. For me, for me, I was never a tall goalkeeper. I'm still not a tall goalkeeper. So in my head, I was telling myself I couldn't go and deal with crosses, or I couldn't have a really aggressive starting position, and that ultimately that set me on the back foot when I was an academy footballer. What I now know is that just because I'm not over six foot, it just means that I have to have a bigger spring. I have to be more athletic. I I have to approach the game as a challenge as opposed to seeing those situations as a threat. So I was looking at it through a certain lens. And if I had access to sports psychology, I might have seen things a different way, which would then have allowed me to play the game in a different way. Because when you're scared of things, you avoid your fear, don't you? You start deeper. You don't show for the ball. You don't communicate with people. You try and hide in the game. And I think my career would have looked a lot different if I had access to these skills as opposed to me now teaching people about it, if that makes sense. Did you lose the enjoyment for the game as well without having, you know, without these skills and being very fear, fear driven? Did you, with that, did you start to lose the enjoyment as well with it? hundred percent. When I went full time and uh, I started training every day, lost the enjoyment instantly because it wasn't about enjoyment anymore up till, you know, 13, 14, 15, you walk out on the pitch and every single day, you know, you go and you get the opportunity to train. There's things that you take away from sessions which you really enjoy. It might be one great moment or it might be some banter with teammates in the dressing room or something that happens in the session. But, you know, when you're in full time and it becomes more of a job as opposed to something that you recreationally enjoy, I think the mindset around it changes. And like even today, like when I go and play non-league football now, there'll be days where I go into training and I just don't want to be there. It's cold, I'm tired, I've had a hard day at work. And I think even for non-league footballers as well, like mindset's a massive thing because there'll be loads of days where there's lads doing graft from like six till six in the evening. And then they have to turn up at 7.45 and play 90 minutes. And they're outfield on pitch running around. I play in goal. So I think mindset is massive, especially when you're not enjoying the game because you have to find those one or two percents to get performance out of yourself. But yeah, to answer your question, I lost the love for the game massively. Marvin, yeah, well, put your hand down. I've got another question. <laughs> <laughs> um, we had Marvin Sordell come on an Instagram live uh, about a couple of weeks ago, was it now, Rob? Yeah. And he said something that really resonated with me, and I kind of want your opinion on it. He retired, uh, I think, before the age of 30, um, you know, played with the GB in the Olympics in 2012. Um, great career, played in the Championship, played in the Premier League, scored goals for fun. And then retired and he talked about there's an overlap where you know we all every person that starts football starts football as a hobby and then there's a crossover and that crossover is probably different for everybody there's a crossover where it goes from hobby to i'm not sure what the word is job probably hobby to, hobby to job yeah hobby to profession and do you reckon that's something that we need to take into account because the way he describes a hobby is a hobby is a safe place where we go and ex- express ourselves would you say that football stopped becoming a safe place? If it did, what age was it for you? And why did it stop becoming a safe place? Oh, that's a great question. And I know Marvin's done great work because he's transitioned to kind of media stuff now, hasn't he? Oh, he's brilliant. He's brilliant. It really yeah. gave me some different things to think about. Um, and I would be dialing into him again. But it was a, the way he phrased it, I was like, Poor, I've never thought it from that point of view. Um, so I just kind of... I asked the question to people just to see their perspective of it. And I still, still kind of pondering on the question and what he said. And I just kind of get more feel for it from asking other people about it. 
I'd have to agree with them. And I think the period at which it becomes a profession is different for everybody. If I'm reflecting back on my my time in the system, I would probably say 14. 14 was the age where it became a profession for me because I was an under 13 playing up with the 14s. And that's probably the first period in my in my life really where I'd experienced significant, significant performance pressure because the expectation levels were higher than what they had been previously. And when you're doing that week in, week out, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, what it is in the academy system, that's tough for a 13-year-old to be having to deal with that alongside their education, alongside you know their day-to-day life. So waking up in the morning knowing that I've got a game in the afternoon when, it, when I was at Wickham, it was really tough for me, especially when I was making mistakes in games because I was young. You get battered by the lads because they're expecting that and you're only performing at that certain level. And it, it continued when I went into under-15s football and I was stepping up with the 16s. I experienced it even more. When you get into 18s football, you you then get some fruitful language, not just from players, but from managers as well. And you have to learn how to deal with that. And I think that's that's where the loan system really helps with regards to what you're what you're saying in terms of dealing with that that pressure cauldron because players get exposed to things that they wouldn't get exposed to in an under-18s dressing room. So yeah, I know I keep going off track, but to answer your question, it does become a profession, but I don't think it ever stops. I think it escalates as you get older and then it becomes a point that there has to come a point where you evaluate things and you have to figure out ways in which you can cope with that, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think I, I felt like there was a there's a crossover, but I think the hardest thing for me was that there's a crossover without me knowing there was a crossover. And then you're also doing the crossover without being given the coping mechanisms. You're in the system where, for me, when I went through my through my academy journey, I was on my journey, and all we worked on was physical, technical, tactical, physical, technical, tactical, instead of psychological. And this is what you're going through. Let's talk about it. How you feeling? Okay, this is what you're going through. Here are the certain mindset tools and kind of what you talked about and how you introduced it. And what you're going to deliver to the kids now is the tools that you get with going into the academies and the journey. And I think we're going to go deep into that in the next hour when we finish this mini pod, which I'm looking forward to here. And I've got my book as well, so I'll be taking notes to learn. Um, but yeah. Let me ask you, Luke, let me, let me ask you a quick question, right? Yeah. How, how did you've, you've played a lot of games. Has there been a point for you where you've lost enjoyment for the game and how have you got it back? Because I think that's something that people would love to know. Yeah, really good. I am now, cool, I'm the guest now. Like it. <laughs> um, yeah, so the funny thing was, is I wasn't really in touch with the fact that I thought I was enjoying it at one stage. Don't get me wrong, I was to a point, but I feel like I went from a kid that loved the game to then made into a little bit of a robot. And um, I, yeah, I, I kind of felt like I turned into a robot, used to numb emotion and just went into pure survival mode probably when I went from a youth team up to the first team and I started to really, you know, I, I was really started to get pushed out of my comfort zone. Um, went up to the first team, probably didn't have the coping mechanism and probably spent a lot of my, my growth years in survival mode, just wanting, you know, start making your league debuts and think, or oh, as a lot of people watching today, I've got a lot of pressure on myself, all my family here. I just want to do okay. I don't want to look, I don't need to be excellent. I just don't want to look silly. Does that make sense? And then I, I think when I started working with Rob, I started to question a lot of things and 
I, uh, I, I came on a lot of calls that Rob delivered to kids and academies and started to just tap into the mind a little bit more. And when I tapped into the mind, I I started to, I, I really felt like I disconnected from myself and how I was feeling because I numbed it so much. I used to used to go through a lot. And instead of acknowledging it, I used to just numb it and pretend no, nothing happened to try and I put on a front that everything's okay, everything's okay, to the point where I believed it. So then I never learned or really understood how I was feeling because I just numbed it so much. So when I started touching base with Rob, really understanding it, reconnecting with it, doing a lot of work on it, I started to realize how I was actually feeling. Then I realized after a lot of work, I never used to have the power of talking. Um, so I'd, I'd, I'd turn around and go, I've got no confidence today. Why is that, Rob? And we'll sit there and we'll go through it. I'll be like, okay, I've got confidence now, Rob. Okay, Rob, why, why am I feeling? And I used to kind of just question after question after question. And Rob just kept giving me things to explore. And then I think I felt in the last, I'd say, year where when you come out of survival mode and re-get back in touch with that kid that started the game again, who just loved it um, and just wanted to play it because he just gets lost in it. And there's no explanation why you like you just want to do it. I kind of reconnected with that. Um, you know, Rob's given me some tools that we talk about in the academy that's reconnected me with that. But it was a good couple of years of work on it. You know, it takes us 10, 15 years to build up the the technical skills to be able to play the game. And the same thing, we need years and years of practice to, to practice the psychological side of it. And I'm, listen, I'm only probably four or five years in of really getting deep into it. And I love it, but I still got a long, long way to go. But I felt like in the last year or so, I've started to put tools in place. Um, you know, Rob always says success leaves clues. So I was like, okay, well, when do I feel my best? When did I play my best? What did I do? Let's recreate that. You find routines. Um, when things go south and they start to go wrong, maybe you drop in confidence or red cards. You have little mantras or um, I use my little girl in the crowd as a reset to bring me back to the present moment. And so, yeah, I think over the last couple of years, I found a real good place. Um, and I will dip back into some tough places, but I've got now tools that can get me back on the place where I need, where I know I play and I flow, if that makes sense. Yeah, and um, I think what you mentioned there at the end, that's the key part, right? Knowing that you might dip back into that mindset and that's okay. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've been I've been on top of my game and then just like that click of the fingers, I'm like, whoa, I've just got no confidence. Uh, where's this come from? And then it, right, what, what people always say is you rise you rise to the occasion you don't you you fall to the level of your training so when um things go south i go right back to basics what what can i do what what sort of things do i need to focus on now which i know will get me back to my i know my best thinking state i know how i feel when i'm at my best so how can i recreate that so i used to think i had to get all pumped up for a game and bounce off the walls and listen to loud music and scream at people come on and it's not the opposite. It's, it's complete opposite. I sit there. I I look around. I enjoy the fact that I, I sing the songs before the game. I look for my family. I'm I'm just present to what's going on. I used to try and block that all out. And I'm like, no, no, no. I want to enjoy this. And then when I'm on the game, I don't just want to be in survival mode. I want to love it. I want people to now I want to get exposed because I'm like, right, can I can I see how good my skills are instead of hiding from that? I want to get that exposure where i'm like oh that was difficult oh someone's someone's better than me there because now i can go use that to get better instead of being fearful of that in the past if that makes sense 
100 um, yeah 100% the preparation side of it as well I had this with a player the other day players are taught how how they need to prepare for games they think there's like a formula and I think clubs drill it into players quite early on in terms of being very serious you know having this kind of atmosphere in the dressing room that is it's almost like a stigma if you're not part of that atmosphere you're doing something wrong but I think like like you mentioned yourself you like to be quite relaxed before games I work with a keeper who plays in I think he was in the National League or something um not to give him away but he used to like whistle before games or crack jokes in the tunnel because that helped him get relaxed nice. and if you go to old school dressing rooms or like when we were you know in the system early on that would never be accepted like you get hammered for that yeah but if that's going to make him go and save three or four penalties or have a great game and get you to a cup final or whatever why would you not allow him to go down that pathway yeah, I think what we're talking about here, I, I'm looking I, I'm looking on a golf course at the minute out my window. Um, we're building tools and clubs to put in the bag. So when, listen, we, no one prepares. We, I never prepared to be in a bunker or in the rough. I always pr- practice to be on the fairway. And that's what we need to do is we need to start putting in these coping mechanisms, which are the, uh, which are the sand irons. So when we eventually and inevitably will fall in the traps, we've got the right clubs and the right coping mechanisms to get back on track. Because like a game of golf, we're going to hit bogeys, we're going to hit double bogeys. And it's the fact that me of past would then go get a triple and a quadruple. Me now thinks, right, next hole, next decision. I've got the tools. Let's pull out the right club, club out the bag, and make the next best decision and save the round. And I think that's that's what we're going to talk about now in the academy, which we're about to go over to now. I think you're going to give us some more clubs for the bag. I think we've got to go right now, to be fair. Do you want to what you're talking about there, like, yeah, great points. And I love the analogies. I'm just listening in and going, I love this. We I didn't even know you, I didn't even know you're still here, Rob. I know, mate. I'll just listen in. Well, I got shut down, didn't I? I put my hand up and you're like, shut up, Rob. No <laughs> way. I'm just like, right, I just feel like a good little boy in the corner then and I'll just listen in. Well, you two have a chat. Oh, oh, listen, I've spoke to you both enough. But yeah, what you said there about the golf, we expect to hit par every every hole, and that's not possible. So John asked these questions, and we're going to the academy, we're gonna go deeper doing a little bit of getting to know you luke's going to ask quick fire questions you've got one minute to answer them ready as many as you can all right luke yeah match for them three two one go who wins the prem man city messi or ronaldo ronaldo death row meal what we having lamb chops oh pineapple and pizza yes or no no oh ant or deck ant favorite holiday destination Florida. Best meal you cook? Pizza. Smart casual? Smart. Ferguson or Guardiola? Ferguson. VAR, yes or no? No. Spider in a house, do you let it out or do you kill it? Kill it. Oh. What was you, who would play you in a movie? I don't even know. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Brad Pitt. <laughs> <laughs> Golf handicap. <laughs> 4.5. Dogs or cats? Cats. Talent, born or made? Made. Nice. Night out with the boys, night in with the missus. You're going to get me in trouble here, man. Not out with the... No, not out with the boys. <laughs> not out with any, the boys. Any phobias? Spiders. Or one superpower, what would it be? Mind reading. Nice. Last question. Best advice you've ever been given? If I come and watch you play, I should never know the difference between whether you've had a good game or a bad game. 
Oh. Yeah. <laughs> right, let's end it on there. Let's get onto the academy. Let's get the academy. Right, let's go. Listen, if you like this podcast, do us a favor. Share, subscribe. You know, it makes sense. Give it a five-star review and we'll see you on the next episode, boys. Thank you so much. KP. Thank you. Legend. Thanks, KP. Thanks for listening to the Inner Game Academy podcast. Please do us a massive favor and give us a five-star review on Apple or Spotify. Tag us in your stories. We'll share it. Subscribe because it helps us spread awareness of the show. Thanks very much for your help and we'll see you on the next episode.